Welcome to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Good Saturday morning to you. I am Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Bill, how are you doing today? I'm good, Jason. I hope you are. I'm doing great, Bill. We're continuing to do our part and practice our, our own social distancing here yeah, in the we studio. Got distance and we're both healthy. So yes. Life is good. Yes. So we're, we're doing okay. We're holding up our end of the bargain here. Mm-hmm. Well, no question about it. But, you know, um, the fact is, and at this point, uh, we've gone several weeks where um, we have been dealing as a country with uh, this coronavirus, and there's no question that we are dealing with a crisis. Um, and and for one, I'm angry. I, I am. I am just so angry. I cannot. Um, Say it. <laughs> Please don't get us in any trouble. Uh, well, I mean, the, the fact of the matter is, is that uh, as a country, we were not prepared when we could have been prepared. You, you know, the, um, there, there are lots of folks, uh, friends, who love President Trump, there are others who hate President Trump, but the, the, the fact is that one of the reasons, and a big reasons, why we're, we weren't prepared as a country for the coronavirus is because the budget for the Centers for Disease Control and the National Institute of Health was slashed at the beginning of this administration uh, and people were let go. Uh, now, the truth is that th- this um, type of virus was known. It was known then. Uh, there were folks who were sending up the alarm bells. There were uh, folks who were um, uh, researching how, uh, you know, vaccinations and other things. Uh, and, and the bottom line is, is that there were just, the money wasn't put into it to prevent this from happening. And now, whatever the government does is it's too little too late, and the government isn't even informing us of the information that we need to know. And I think that is making me as angry as the lack of, of uh, response or the re- – actually, I should say the lack of preparation – for this, the, the fact is there should have been a vaccine that was uh, ready last fall, uh, but you know the it was not considered a, a real risk then. And and here it is. The burden is now on us as citizens to deal with it. And some of us uh, are. Uh, are really dealing with it in a much greater way than others of us. And and I want to come back to that because there are a number of things that I want to talk about this morning as it relates to what uh, has Congress done, in other words, what, what laws have been passed that may help some people and what to expect f- from that. Uh, and hopefully there will be more coming, but it, like I said, it's all too little too late. And, of course, there's a, a, a much extra burden that's put on employers, and I, I want to make some suggestions on how employers may uh, look to help uh, their employees because I think this is a time where we all have to come together 
as employees and employers and, uh, you know, basically uh, try to figure out a way to get through this crisis together. Uh, we need to be good stewards. But, you know, I saw on the Today Show uh, this past week, Savannah Guthrie was was interviewing the Surgeon General of the United States of, of America. And she was actually asking pretty easy questions, what we call softball questions. And the guy couldn't give a straight answer. I mean, she was asking legitimate, appropriate questions that we're interested in. And, and, and the guy wasn't giving any information at all other than to say everybody should stay home because this is a pandemic. And, and to get through it, everyone in the country needs to stay home. But without any information to go with it, and, and that is what infuriates me because the, it's like either they don't know, or which they should know, uh, or they're just not um, – uh, sharing the information and and you know part of uh, a couple of things that she said uh, that uh, surprised me actually is is do you know uh, who in this country the majority of people who have contracted the coronavirus you know in terms of age group what age group uh, seniors no no young people oh. are the ones who have the greatest number of cases that surprised me i mean savannah shared that i didn't have a clue surprised me too <laughs> and so now elderly people are at greatest risk right. that that's no no question about it i mean the one thing we do know about the coronavirus it uh, is that it is extremely contagious and we also know that there is no known cure and we also know that there is no vaccine for it. I mean, all of things that have to do with budgets and, and preparation, which we didn't have in this country. <laughs> and so, um, but another piece that I think is really important is when is this crisis over? I mean, and, and how do we know when the crisis is over? Is it just because somebody on high tells us it's over? I don't think so. But the question Savannah asked was a good one. It was like, are we seeing a leveling of cases? And you see, right now, the only thing the government is reporting to us is a bland number of, of known coronavirus cases. You know, like in, in, um, in Wake County, I think we're somewhere over 50 at this point. Uh, Durham County, is, I think they're, they're around 70 at this point. There are many counties in North Carolina that have no known cases whatsoever. Um, and so, but what they're not telling us is, for instance, um, how many of these f cases that they have reported to us ha have the people already gotten over it? You know, because there's, there is a percentage of folks who are at high risk of death, but most people, uh, even if they contract it, should get over it just like you would a normal case of the flu uh, or even the worst case of pneumonia. But at the same time is that most people do get over it. So we have no information on how many active cases there are all we all we're getting is a total number which just gives us no information what's whatsoever so until they give us more information we don't know that there's any leveling whatsoever i'll give you some other things that we don't know 
You know, there are lots of people who are working in groups. I mean, think about it. Do we have any known coronavirus cases for hospital workers at this point? If so, they certainly haven't reported it. You would think they would do that. But those are the folks who are at the greatest risk. And if there are no known cases there, does that mean the rest of us might really not be as at much as much risk as we think or how about the military you know the military has to act in groups i you know i've heard of one one case of uh, down at camp lejeune but how about all over the country do we i mean do we have any active cases in the military right now no reports of that how about with first responders or sheriffs or whoever is dealing with the public um, no information as to anything like that. And so the real key for me is when do we see a leveling, when the risk is reduced or, abs- or I mean, will it ever be gone? No. But, uh, and will it come back next year? Probably. But are we going to close the schools again next year and basically lay everybody off again next year? Hope not. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can see I'm just ugh, can't ex- express my own frustration uh, with how people are having to to suffer because the economic impact of what uh, of this health crisis is huge, and it's not big business that's actually affected by it. It's the small businesses. It's and those are the ones that are not on the stock market. It's, it's the small businesses are going out of business. They've closed their doors. Just think of all the restaurants that have no cash. Any, any business that had cash flow issues, they're out of business now because of, of what is imposed, um, whether it's necessary or not. Now, is it necessary? Probably. But at the same time, we don't really know as it relates to information. And we just know that we hope that they're implementing the policies that should work and hopefully will work uh, fairly soon. But it's still too little, too late, and it is what it is. So do I have time to talk more before you take a break or not? Well, let's let's take a break first. Uh, I I know you're fired up, but we'll get back to our conversation here. And uh, Bill, you're exactly right. A lot of local businesses are taking it on the chin right now. And uh, I know you've got some tips later on in the show that we're going to get to um, that employers may want to look at, as well as some things that you're doing in your own office and uh, a bunch of other uh, legal aspects of uh, what Congress has done that we're, we're going to dive into later on in the program as well. Stick around. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. You're listening to Asset Protection today with attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. You can find more about Bill online at wgalaw.com. That's Bill's website, wgalaw.com. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander and uh, Bill we're talking about the situation with the coronavirus. I, I tried to get you to do some 
meditation techniques during the break. We'll <laughs> see if that worked. But uh, I know you're fired up, and, and rightfully so. Well, Bill. we're in crisis mode, and and the fact is, is that all of us, uh, we we must be good citizens. We must be good stewards. We must do our part because the truth is, the solutions to the crisis we're in is within us. It's not going to be anything that the government does to us. I won't say for us because it's actually being done to us, but we're the ones who have to take proper precautions. And certainly that starts with good hygiene, it starts with good judgment, and it starts with uh, distancing and, and a lot of other things that we've talked about and other folks have been talking about as well. But. I want to talk about what we're doing at W.G. Alexander and Associates, my law firm. Um, um, the, the folks who know us know that we are a small boutique firm that concentrates our law practice on estate planning, uh, elder law, and asset protection planning. Um, we do everything from uh, high-end uh, tax planning to special needs planning to Medicaid, VA benefits, um, uh, trusts, um, uh, irre- irrevocable trusts, complex trusts, uh, as well as simple planning, too. So if it has to do with any kind of planning, uh, trust, tax, finance, and the like, that's what we do. And I personally have a statewide practice, uh, which obviously makes this crisis that we're in makes it far more difficult uh, to uh, to help folks who are not local. Uh, But the bottom uh, line is that uh, I want folks to know what we're doing in our office. Uh, I have one attorney who is uh, working from home, not coming into the office for good reason. Uh, We have one um, uh, part-time support staff who has taken uh, leave, if you will, in order to uh, protect herself and take care of a loved one. Uh, her, I can't remember if it was her parents or grandparents, but bottom line is she's uh, taking care of a loved one who was a senior. Um, there are, uh, the, now, uh, we are, in fact, sanitizing our office every day, every morning and evening, uh, we are taking precautions. We have set policies. So we are um, not discouraging people from coming into the office uh, if um, uh, if they have uh, not been around any any known uh, coronavirus, if you will, and and they're healthy. You know, we we don't want anybody coming into our office if if they have any kind of sickness whatsoever. But if they're uh, healthy and they're comfortable to come in with us. All we have four people who are coming into the office, uh, including myself. Uh, so we're capable of of handling uh, any signings or initial consults and the like. We're also offering our clients who need follow-ups or initial consults uh, to do our consults remotely through video conferencing. Uh, that's something that we have been set up to do, but with this uh, crisis mode, we are uh, uh, encouraging people to use that as an option. And um, Now, you can't do that to sign documents because most of the documents that need to be signed have to have two witnesses, and we're certainly set up and capable of signing documents in our office uh, if folks are healthy and, and uh, are um, – 
that they're okay with with coming in. We want folks. We're not obviously twisting anyone's arms. That's for sure. But we want uh, the folks who are comfortable uh, coming in to see us um, to come on in. Now, our office is a is a self-contained office. When you um, you know from the parking lot, you walk in our front door, and we're a small office. We have lots of space uh, between our. Uh, you know, everybody's in their own separate space and that sort of thing. And so we, we're trying to be just as careful as we can while we're still trying to take care of people who need uh, assistance. Um, so, uh, you know, ha- having uh, that, that is, is really uh, important um, be- because there are a lot of folks who are in crisis legally uh, and need our help right now, and we just can't abandon those folks. Um, we just can't do that. Uh, not to the degree that, that we have the ability to help us and still be good stewards regarding uh, the coronavirus. Um, the other thing I need to make sure that people know is because uh, folks know that we have seminars uh, the second Wednesday of each month. Uh, and we uh, have two types of seminars. Uh, we have a seminar relating to uh, long-term care crisis planning, you know, those who may need Medicaid or special assistance or veterans benefits. Um, uh, and we also uh, have a seminar on uh, asset protection and the use of trusts and, and how that works for folks. And, uh, and both seminars are, are generally well attended each month. And you know, if you haven't heard, we have canceled the April seminar. We will not have a seminar in April. We hope that we will be able to host a seminar the second Wednesday of May. Uh, that's uh, one we will have to see uh, uh, based on uh, what the parameters are in terms of uh, meeting. Uh, of course, people should know, too, that our seminars uh, typically have um, – uh, n- they're not large numbers of folks who gather, and there's uh, plenty of room. Uh, normally, there's anywhere between 10 and 25 people, sometimes less, uh, to, that attend each one of the seminars. So it's not a packed room or anything along those lines when we do have our seminars, but they're, they're fairly comfortable. Uh, now, one of the things that I do uh, hope to introduce this month for the first time uh, in in lieu of our canceled uh, seminar in April um, it is a live video conference seminar or slash webinar, if, if you will. And, of course, for those folks who have an Internet connection and have a computer, then uh, they could attend a, a, a live seminar. But... Uh, has it been arranged yet? No, uh, we've been we've been very we've been slammed actually, but I, I hope to have that ready to go. Uh, actually, for our regular time in April, uh, the second Wednesday of April, we hope to have um, seminars. I'll be hosting those personally, and um, now they're going to be shorter than my normal two-hour seminar, but uh, we that we'll make sure they're packed with information that will help. Uh, folks who can join us by that. And I would just say either call the office uh, or uh, uh, go online to our website, wgalaw.com, to get more information about signing up 
uh, for that live uh, online uh, seminar. That we, of course, it'll be free. There's don't, there won't be any charge. We've never charged anyone for our seminars. Uh, we do like to educate folks, though, and so that's what that's about, and that's what we're doing uh, in our office. Um, and so, and we would also encourage clients um, or encourage people, particularly those who are in crisis uh, right now as it relates to their planning. Uh, they may have a loved one that's uh, just coming out of the hospital and needs nursing care or the like, and they don't know how to pay for it financially, or they're, they're uh, worried about risking uh, the loss of their home or all of their uh, resources. Um, and, of course, we can help that. And for those folks, we would encourage you to make an appointment. Don't worry about the seminar. Just make an appointment so that uh, we can help you right away. Yeah, that's great advice, Bill. Um, I'm glad to hear that your office is taking those steps and the fact that uh, you're working on this live uh, web- webinar Type conference for the seminars that is uh, that's really cool and I hope that we can pull it off and uh, everyone should stay tuned head over to wgalaw.com to find more information and uh, I'm sure if we get it squared away that we'll be talking about it on this program as well we need to take a quick break but we'll be back right after this this is asset protection today with attorney Bill Alexander on news radio 680 WPTF Radio 680 WPTF. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. I'm Jason Kong here with you alongside Bill Alexander. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, We're talking a lot about the impact of the coronavirus. It's hard to escape that anywhere you go at this point. And Bill, you wanted to share some tips for employers or, or things that employers could look at to help in this current economic climate. Well, the, the fact of the matter is that um, what has occurred with closings, I mean, all you have to do is drive down the street and you see every business seems to be closed with the exceptions of the grocery stores and drug stores and, uh, and, you know, Costco and Sam's club and, and he, uh, but you know, almost there's, I mean, it's like, it's, it's like a war zone out there and it, it's awful, but, the bottom line is those folks are without jobs. I mean, a lot of people have been laid off. Some folks uh, are prohibited from working. Um, and, of course, anybody who works in a restaurant, <laughs> unless un- unless they're able to provide takeout, uh, you know, that's uh, – it, it, it's not available. Now, there are some who are – uh, clearly, uh, uh, ask you know. Basically, they're hiring. I mean, go. You can go to Amazon or, or to UPS and and uh, FedEx and and um, uh, uh, some of the, uh, the those type of stores that are providing services uh, right now are slammed. You know, but that they they can't hire everybody. I mean, we've got uh, such a. I mean, everybody's been laid off, and so. Uh, that's just part of what we're having to deal with. And so uh, one of the things that folks need to know about is the uh, uh, a law that was passed, Families First Coronavirus Response Act. Uh, it is, it's been signed into law. 
Uh, and it has uh, some job protections for workers with paid leave mandates on employers. Of course, in other words, this is where the government is pushing their problem off onto the employers. Uh, uh, now, they do have some reimbursement for the employers, uh, but that's uh, where it's going. And so uh, for those employers with less than 500 employees – the law requires – now, there's some employers who may be excluded, uh, and it's the Secretary of Labor who has to decide. Uh, and I haven't seen where any exclusions have been made as yet, but they may have been. The law allows uh, um, uh, the, an exclusion for employers with fewer than 50 employees. And, of course, they also in, in, exclude uh, from the definition uh, certain uh, employees as well, it's like healthcare workers and first responders, and it's like you're screwed. <laughs> okay, but uh, but for those others, two weeks of emergency paid sick leave, uh, and and that's at paid at the employee's regular rate, uh, and that's for anyone who has to quarantine or seek a diagnosis or preventive care for coronavirus. Uh, it also requires payment at two-thirds the employee's regular rate to care for a family member for those um, purposes or to care for a child whose school has closed or child care provider is unavailable due to the coronavirus. And, of course, you know, we know schools and daycares or centers are closed. Um, so now – I'm, the smallest employers, I believe, will be excluded, but I haven't seen that. But it's important for those other folks to know that there is two, two weeks of paid leave. There's also 12 weeks of emergency family and medical leave. Um, and it, so it, that part exp expands the number of workers who can take up to 12 weeks of job-protected leave under the Family and Medical Leave Act uh, for coronavirus-related reasons. Uh, and now, that's after the two weeks of emergency paid leave. And, of course, that's, again, for employers uh, with fewer than 500 employees um, as it relates to that. And, of course, uh, the employee has to meet a qualifying need related to the public health emergency. And that would certainly include you know, caring for a child uh, because the school is closed or the child care center is closed. So that's uh, important. However, the 12 weeks, uh, the, the law already makes an exception for employers with fewer than 25 employees. So that's important. Um, now, the employers do get a partial reimbursement, um, which is based on a tax credit, uh, which, of course, won't be available to them until next year when they pay, <laughs> pay their taxes. But um, And uh, the tax credit can be up to uh, 511 per day, um, but uh, there, uh, some of it is ca capped at $200 per day in terms of uh, certain types of things. And then but that credit is also capped at 10 days in the ag aggregate, uh, $10,000 each quarter. So the credit is fairly limited depending on who the employer, how many employees are uh, uh, dealing with it. And so that's an important act for some folks to know. And then there's another act um, which is separate from that called the Emergency Paid Leave Act of 2020. And this has to do 
with actually um, uh, applying to Social Security. They're, they're the ones who've been put in charge of this, which is somewhat of a joke. I mean, if you think about you know, how crowded. So, I mean, Social Security is another one of those agencies that's totally underfunded. If you've ever been to a Social Security office, you know you have to wait in line about three to four hours. And if you, even if you have an appointment, you still have to wait at least an hour to see somebody because they're packed. But this, they won't even let you go into a Social Security office. And you know at least half of them are working from home if they're working at all at this point. <laughs> but uh, they they uh, do have a program with retroactive benefits, so it may be that uh, if if it qualifies for you, that you may not get a benefit till next fall. <laughs> but um, but it, um, uh, it it is a benefit uh, which um, gives uh, a person who uh, has not you know, doesn't qualify for the paid leave that I just talked about. Uh, so they can actually apply to Social Security for two-thirds of their average monthly earnings with a cap of, of $4,000. Um, and it, it it's basically um, available from January 19th of this year uh, in terms of those who've been affected with their jobs uh, through the end of the year. Um and applications will be to the Social Security office uh, online, by phone, or by mail, but you can't go into the office. They're not letting anybody into their office. And, of course, that's another thing that gets me upset because the government, when people need help, they can't get help from the government. And Social Security office is basically not available to them. The courts are closed. Everything, you know, it's uh, – if you uh, have applied for disability, they're not going to have any disability hearings for at least – two months. In other words, it's sort of like if, if you're in trouble like that, uh, then it's too bad. You know, the government's not a, open to you. <laughs> it's, they're trying. There are a lot of good public servants there that are doing their best, but they're also trying to protect themselves. And it's just another piece where uh, totally unprepared uh, for this kind of, of crisis. Uh, and so uh, it is. It, it is important for, for folks to know that there has been. Now, there's also uh, will be a stimulus that should come through the Internal Revenue Service. But he, here's the problem. You know. You, you know. Just like the Center for Disease Control, the Internal Revenue Service's but budget has been slashed over the last number of years. And so they don't have enough people there to, to do the kind of work. Plus, a lot of folks don't realize it, but the Internal Revenue Service computer system is ancient. It, you know, it is so old. It hasn't been, um, you know, they don't have the money. <laughs> and so what the point is. <laughs> the idea that, that the IRS doesn't have the money is, well, is funny. Isn't that terrible? Uh, but, but the uh, fact is, is that. Uh, whatever stimulus comes from the Internal Revenue Service, don't expect it immediately. I mean, it's going to take them probably several months to get up and running and be able to do this. When, Even if the government wanted to send out checks to people next week, it's just not going to happen. 
You know, they, they don't have the operational capacity to do it quickly. And so there may be some people that receive checks within the next few weeks, but the majority of people, you're going to be looking a month or two down the road, maybe three, before there's any relief like that. And, and again, you know, my anger comes out too little, too late, not, you know, prepared uh, for this kind of thing. And so the burden uh, shifts to, and, and of course, I, I'm mostly complaining about all of those folks who really are suffering. There's seniors suffering out there. There are folks who've lost their job or there's no work for them to do. They want to work. They can work. But but this shutdown has just totally put the – I mean, think about folks who work in restaurants. They're waiters and waitresses and dishwashers and cooks and stuff. They're, there's nothing for them to do. And, and Or a lot of laborers with all the small businesses. You see all these storefronts uh, closed. Their employees, you know, they're – they basically don't have money to pay their rent, to pay their mortgage, to to buy food, um, and whatever the government's trying to put out there for them is not going to be enough. Uh, too little, too late on that as well. I mean, and that's one of the sad parts about what this is doing. The nonprofits are doing the very best they can, but they're suffering too. Uh, uh, in terms of having enough money to, to help people. This is a bigger crisis for the nonprofit community uh, than we've ever seen before. I'm sure volunteers are appreciated, but just the, the food bank doesn't have enough, the Meals on Wheels, they don't have drivers. Um, it, it's the kind of thing where there are folks who are isolated and they don't have food, and you know, you know people are trying to do what they can, but it, it's never going to be enough. And there's, you know, we've, we've got to somehow come together and and try to help folks uh, in need. Yeah, it's a far-reaching crisis. And uh, as you said, Bill, we we all kind of have to rely on ourselves to, to get out of this. Um, I do want to remind everyone that uh, we mentioned last segment that there will be no April seminars. Uh, we are working on a webinar or video conference way for all those who want to attend virtually will have a way to do so. Uh, still waiting on an announcement for that, but you should stay tuned to WGALaw.com. That's Bill's website, WGALaw.com, for more information related to that. We'll be right back. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. You can find more about Bill at WGALaw.com. WGALaw.com. That's Bill's website there. You can find plenty of information about the services that he provides. It's a wonderful website, WGALaw.com. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And uh, we've been talking about the impact of the coronavirus throughout much of the program here, Bill. And, you know, small businesses are hurting, but there's some ways that we can kind of lessen the pain a little bit. Well, there's some things we can't do, but I would employ 
I guess the I said the wrong word. Implore employers uh, to show financial leadership in the face of impossible choices, uh, as they know their uh, businesses ha- are in slowdown mode if they're not closed all the all the way. Uh, and to show financial leadership uh, will be really important to uh, lessen the impact of of what's going on. Uh, in our community uh, and in the nation as it relates. But somehow we have to find to, a way uh, in, within our, our groups to, um, to try to not cut staff and try not to cut back, even though we know that we're going to um, um, not show a profit. We're going to even have some losses, and somehow we're going to have to make that up over time. But uh, I would say this is a time where we have to come together. If if there's no choices because you've cut your ex- your expenses to the bone, uh, then we need to find a way with financial leadership to share the burden. Um, and people, I think, will understand that, particularly in small businesses where cash flow is so important. Uh, but to you know, we want to keep our staff. If we have good people, it's important to keep them. Uh, we need to uh, keep their health insurance in place uh, if we provide that. Uh, we need to have some type of alternative salary saving initiatives, uh, that, and that can be done lots of different ways. I would encourage you to look at different ways, ask for help, but rolling furloughs uh, can uh, work, universal part-time hours. Uh, you can even do a temporary leveling of salaries or a temporary um, uh, uh, amend your your um, plan, your, your like your 401k plan contributions where you don't make contributions if that will save you enough money to keep your folks employed temporarily. I'm not suggesting that this is uh, something that, that we should do uh, more than for temporary, but if it gives you enough to keep your people employed, that – um, works, you know. Uh, there are lots of different ways to, to do uh, rolling furloughs. One way is to give all your employees a week off without pay, uh, staggering uh, which employees are off at any given time. Um, it, you know, yes, they get less money, but at least um, they get a paycheck that hopefully will will uh, do them. Uh, another uh, w- way. Um, uh, is moving from a 40-hour work week to a 30 or less hour work week and reducing salaries temporarily based on that. That's another way that uh, an office can function. But we need to come up with creative ways to keep people employed and keep their mortgages being paid and their rent being paid and food on the table and and the like. Uh, and we need to do this as a community. The government ain't going to do it for us. We have to, we have to find a way to do this ourselves. Now, with that said, I also uh, want to, uh, there are some things that the coronavirus and the imposition of, of uh, what's going on has clearly shown us. And it's, some, of, some of it's not bad as it, as it uh, relates. Most of it is, of course. But uh, one of the things that has been shown is because most, a lot of folks are working from home right now, and so there's a lot less cars on the road. Well, you know what the result is? 
In China, which has worse pollution in the world, guess what? They have blue skies for the first time in years <laughs> because of that. Uh, New York and L.A. are the same way. Um, they have blue skies where they haven't seen blue skies in those places in, in a long, long time. And I bet they can even see stars at night uh, because the pollution, uh, the fog, if you will, pollution fog has gone uh, smog has gone away. Uh, that's maybe a good result in terms of showing what happens when uh, w- when there are not so many cars uh, on the on the road. Um, another thing that it's shown us is how important is the internet. I mean, bottom line is that uh, you know video conferencing for my office that's that's important, but. You know, people are working from home. Uh, school, the school children are trying to have their la- lessons over uh, video conferencing uh, the same way. In other words, the internet is not something that uh, is exclusive to those who can afford it. It's got to be universal. I mean, it's just so darn important to. Everything we do, and this crisis has just shown us how important the Internet is. And a good Internet service is is something that uh, really needs to be provided to every citizen. That's just something that that has to come. Uh, A a few other things that this has shown us, and, you know, because in the past – um, you know, people have argued with me over uh, whether or not uh, you should have your mortgage paid off by the time you retire. Uh, well, this is a time where that type of advice uh, comes front and center, where those folks who have their mortgage paid off are sitting far, far better financially than those uh, who still have to struggle to pay a mortgage or to pay rent. Uh, that you know, it's it's an argument that I think I win at uh, at a time like this. Um, there's there's um, you know these downturns, uh, and of course this is a significant one. It is uh, a huge piece. Uh, another uh, piece where I, th- I think I get credit for saying it is that a- every person uh, who is trying to invest and save. You need at least two buckets uh, of money. One is savings. That's perfectly safe in a bank, uh, in CDs or money market or a savings account where you can go to it and you know that the cash is always there. Uh, This is a time where your savings bucket is being used because this is a time where you don't want to take your money out of the stock market if you're not already out of the stock market. If you got out of the market a a month ago, uh, like Senator Burr did, (laughs) and saved all your money, then you're ready to go back into the market at this point. Uh, because what the financial people call the trough, you know, where you basically are at the bottom, I think we're close to that if we're not there now. Uh, so the fact is, is that while there still will be a lot of volatility and there are no guarantees, the fact is, is that when you have a trough, the, the trend will start going up. And so there's a lot of room for the market to improve. And the stock market is always way ahead of where the public is. I mean, where you know it's going to be this 
when the coronavirus is over and all the threat and things go back to normal is when people will feel comfortable going back into the market. But you need to be there before we feel comfortable as a nation. That's really important for us. So for those with cash, now is the time or sometime soon to get back in the market. Uh, and if you're in the market, it's time to stay in the market. It's definitely not the time to be selling out of the market. This would be the very worst time to do that. Yep. Timing is everything. And that's great advice, Bill. A quick break and back with more. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. I want to remind you that we will have no in-person seminars in April. Uh, those were scheduled for April 8th at Independence Village of Raleigh. Those have been canceled, but we are in the works of putting together a webinar that people can attend virtually, hopefully on, on the same day at the same times, uh, put on by uh, Bill Alexander himself. So stay tuned for an announcement for that. You can go to wgalaw.com to find more information, Law. Com. That's also where you can schedule an appointment to speak with Bill. Uh, it's a wonderful resource. The office is still open. They're working. Uh, uh, some attorneys are working remotely, but uh, they're doing their part to keep things clean and working on social distancing. But uh, they're, they're still providing their usual services. So if you do need any assistance, WGALaw.com is the place to go. We are out of time for today, but we hope you'll join us again next week for Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Have a great weekend.